Iced tea. Go a cappella. Now I'm on the West Coast, relaxing and chill, living on the mead streets of Beverly Hill. I have I love I, it. You way better than a lot of rappers that are making yes. records right now. She is Olivia Munn. Drop my name as much as you can. By the way, I am a first-class name dropper. The great, legendary John Madden. And then on the phone, Steve Marriott. She's- <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. You watch a guy. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is that? Mooch, how did you sniff that out so quickly? I sniffed that out. I sniffed that out. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Chevy, everybody. Your humble host, pleased to be with you with most of week nine in the books. We are taping this hours before the Eagles and Saints kick off a crucial Monday night capper to another exciting week in the National Football League, week number nine, getting set to head to Jacksonville, Florida, to kick off week number 10 on Thursday night football as the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck attempt to improve to 6-3, and three, something nobody saw coming in the National Football League. Certainly not when everything was happening last year with that team going winless into week number 15, Nobody saw it coming in the whole Peyton Manning drama playing out throughout the Combine leading up into free agency with Peyton Manning going ahead and going to Denver with the Colts selecting Andrew Luck first overall. Certainly when Chuck Pagano, their new head coach, was diagnosed with leukemia mid-September, nobody saw coming what we are seeing out of Indianapolis as the Colts just beat the Miami Dolphins in week number nine to improve to five and three. And again, they visit one win Jacksonville to kick off week number 10 in the NFL with an opportunity to go six and three. Chris Law, my podcast producer on the NFL.com side. How are you, sir? Good Rich, to see I'm doing you. great. How are you? I'm doing very fine. Chris Brockman, uh, my television producer of the podcast, who actually has some work to do this week from uh, on <laughs> wow. our podcast. Well, on the podcast. You sure. work here very hard sure. on the network, but this podcast hasn't given you much work to do. No, it has. I've been riding your guys' coattails <laughs> for like a month or so. You have your day job and your night job as well that this uh, network provides you. But uh, uh, one of our guests on this week from the Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2 film that's coming out in the theater near you on November 16th, the very... The very dreamy Kellen Lutz. Richard, when you is started this, this about two and a half years ago, did you ever think that you'd be leading in with a tease like that? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I, I could I... only dream. Uh, he is a big Cardinals fan. Yes. As the Cardinals have now lost five in a row. Remember, they, they entered uh, week five, Thursday night football's kickoff at 4 0 in St. Louis. They haven't won since. They lost that night. They've lost four in a row after getting beaten by the Green Bay Packers. They're four and five. He's a Cardinals fan. He will be here, and we're going to put a little piece of that conversation up on the blog as you're going to edit that together because, uh, from what I'm told, the uh, the chicks dig him. He moves the dial. He moves, he moves he's a, he, he moves the, the needle. And so the chicks dig him, and, right. uh, and that means we do too. And if that means more downloads for this podcast, then, then more power to it. That's what I, I, How many times have I told you? that this podcast needs more uh, 12-year-old girls uh, downloading <laughs> this. Maybe, maybe we, can get, we can get a um, 
we can get a uh, uh, an advertisement in like uh, Tiger Beat. Tiger Beat, yes. Is yes. that a real does, magazine? I don't think it is does it? exist anymore. I don't think so. Kurt Cameron days, it was pretty popular back yeah. when uh, yeah. the Seavers, <laughs> Mike Seaver was running, running around. <laughs> hey, you mentioned earlier Coach Chuck Pagano. Did you catch his postgame uh, we got uh, We're, we're going to get to that in just one second. I was going to bring that up for yeah. sure because we've got our own coach on the show too, Brian yep. Billick, um, who, teaches, who tapes the Coach's Podcast uh, every Monday as well. We asked him to stick around after he and Denny Green uh, did their weekly podcast. He's going to talk. I want to talk about the Ravens offense with him, man, because the Ravens, I mean, I tweeted this out during their, their squeaked out win in Cleveland that Cam Cameron and Joe Flacco were probably going to have to come up with some alternate form of transportation to go back to Baltimore if they lost that one. I mean, they just can't get out of their way on offense. The offense is completely different on the road than it is at home. And um, they did get um, one solid drive in the fourth quarter and then some defensive plays to shut that thing down. Otherwise, the field goal settling Browns were getting set to uh, uh, really stick it to the Ravens. Coming off a bye week, too, but the Ravens squeaked by with a 25-15 win. I want to talk with the... Billick about uh, the game that he did. I believe he was in Jacksonville for the Lions and and Jaguars this week as well. Uh, We'll talk about that with him uh, later on. But let's get to what you're talking about. Uh, Chuck Pagano, whose doctors say, by the way, that his leukemia is in remission. Right. That came out on Monday. Um, He appeared at Lucas Oil Stadium uh, for the first time since he left the team, being diagnosed with leukemia. Um. And uh, there was word that he was going to give the pregame speech um, and uh, didn't because uh, Bra- Bob Kravitz, who's the uh, the stellar reporter for the Indianapolis Star newspaper there, uh, said essentially that um, he's being around a bunch of people isn't good for his health, which is, I guess, in close proximity, let's put it that way, because obviously him being in a stadium with 70,000 yeah. people, that wouldn't be a good <laughs> idea, but... Um, his doctors say that um, Pagano's disease can recur, obviously, if a patient receives only one round of chemotherapy. So it calls for a total of three rounds and then maintenance. And um, he is now uh, in remission. But as the doctor said, uh, we need to keep going and we will not be able to use the word cure for four or five years. It was in September that the 52-year-old coach was diagnosed. And, and, and when we heard that he was going to maybe give the pregame speech yesterday in his first time that he was with the team since being diagnosed and having to leave uh, and then told that he didn't give it, well, you know, that was uh, disheartening. But he was there and then did, in fact, give the postgame speech it's incredible. to his team yeah. after they beat the Miami Dolphins with Andrew Luck, by the way, throwing for 433 yards passing, breaking by just one yard the rookie record for most yards passing in a single game as a rookie set by Cam Newton just last year. And here is the postgame speech from Chuck Pagano. I mentioned before the game that you guys were living in a vision and you weren't living in circumstances. Because you know where they had us in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Every last one of them. But you refused to live in circumstances. And you decided consciously as a team and as a family to live in a vision. Yes, sir. And that's why you bring things home like you brought home today. Amen. That's why you're already champions and well on your way. I got circumstances. 
You guys understand it? I understand it. It's already beat. Amen. It's already beat. In my vision that I'm living, see two more daughters get married, dance at their weddings, and then hoist that Lombardi several times. I'm dancing at two more weddings, and we're hoisting that trophy together, man. Congratulations. I love all of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Get in here, baby. Check all three. One, two, three. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's goosebumps. It's incredible. He's going to dance at two weddings, and he's going to raise the Lombardi, Lombardi trophy. And um, fascinatingly enough, by just one yard breaking Cam Newton's record for single-game passing yards by a rookie, he hit right on the head 2,404 passing yards for the season to improve to 5-3. and Who else has the same number of passing yards and the same record for this season? I think he plays in Denver, maybe? Number 18. Can you believe that? That after... Eight games after the first half of the season, Peyton Manning has 2,404 passing yards in a 5-3 and three record, and Andrew Luck has 2,404 passing yards in a 5-3 and three record. Could you, I mean, if I told you that. Peyton Manning, I, though, also has 20 touchdowns. No, I know that. To that and as Matthew, Matt Pomeroy uh, of NFL Network Research sent out the numbers today, he goes, that's where all the comparisons end. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, Peyton's numbers are through the roof after that. Right. And um, he just missed another 300-yard passing game by a hair in, uh, in beating Cincinnati this week to improve to 5-3. and three. But just, you know, you take a look at the, the playoff standings as they, they currently are. Because we are nine weeks in, we're going to start doing this more and more as we yep. cover the NFL. Indeed, your current uh, in the AFC, your current four seed is Denver at five and three, because uh, equally five and three New England would be the three seed due to the head-to-head win over them. Uh, would you know who the five seed is right now? That'd be Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Yep. Could you imagine if Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning play one another? It's going to be amazing. in the first round of the playoffs. Now a lot has to happen between now and then for that to happen. But uh, Indianapolis is going to go to Jacksonville this week, and it, they're too young a team. They're too young a team, essentially, to... to um, Gesundheit, by the way. Yeah, bless you. Thank you. I, I had turned my mic off. I'm sure it's still... No, you up, didn't. But, it, yeah. It's okay. No, I, I, think, I think they heard that downstairs, too. Yeah, thanks. But uh, Indianapolis is too young a team right now to assume that they beat an opponent that they should beat, really. And certainly on a short week, traveling, all that stuff. But they should be 6-3 and three after this week. Let's extrapolate, shall we? Let's do it. After this week, uh, Indianapolis, with the mini-buy, is at New England. 6-4. and four. Then they're home against Buffalo. 7-4. and four. They're at Detroit. You don't give them a chance against New England. No. At New England? I don't know, dude. That will be Aqib Talib's first game for it's them, too. It's going to be a night game. Can the Cardinals beat be them improved. in New England? That's week. That was week two, man. Week three? Week three. It's a different season. That was week right, two. That was week two. Playing devil's advocate. It's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, man. Let's just, let's, just, let's just go down here. Worry about your Eagles. So well, yeah. they're home for Buffalo. Let's give them that, that. That'll make them seven and four, right? Right. They're at Detroit. Yeah, seven and five. Home for Tennessee. Eight and five. At Houston. Eight and six. 
at Kansas City, 9-6, home for Houston. Houston probably in that game will be needing Resting. nothing. Yeah. Right. They could have 10 wins. They could. I think you're looking at a playoff team. There's a reason I had a... Because, and, the, and Andrew Luck is one of those guys who... I know that's where you make Chuck Pagano your coach of the year, right? right? Yeah. I'll tell you what. Bruce Arians has a shot. No kidding. If this Colts team is a 10-win team, and you saw what Pagano, as you could see, he was out of breath giving this speech. Yeah. He's nowhere near ready to come back and shouldn't. He, I, I would imagine it would be difficult to see him back on the sidelines this year. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Arians, if, if, if the Colts are a 10-win team. But that said, there is uh, an undefeated team still in the National Football League, and they're halfway to perfect after beating the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. And we'll talk about the Cowboys and their offense with Brian Billick in short order. Um, but Atlanta is, is is uh is scary good, man. Atlanta is scary good. They're at New Orleans next. I mean, their offense didn't even do, look great on do, Monday do, night. And do they, they smell at all Sunday. though, like a first round? I mean, because like a I'm one more, and done, a well, one and done. Like, well, they, well, they're not going to be a, a first round yeah, because they're going to get a buy. Yeah, but and then they're going to get they've a home let game. a lot of and teams then they're going to get a home around. game. Listen, man, if it, if Tony Gonzalez doesn't get his first playoff win this year, I don't know if he ever is going to because it sure looks like based on the way things are going. Even though in the NFC, the NFC, you take a look at that right now. And Chicago's right behind Atlanta. Rolling. With a defense that is stupid off the They're hook. Unbelievable. Yesterday was amazing. Pina Tillman. Defensive player of the year right now? Four forced fumbles in one game, which is more than the Colts and Rams have the entire season combined. Four forced fumbles in one game. It's not like you and don't he punched know he's one out. Do it. The one exactly. Over the top well, I don't think anybody knows. Through. Well, this is Charles Tillman on me. I need to take care of the football. It should just be because everybody on the Bears yeah. does it. Everybody. But it's his specialty, though. No doubt. And what do they have? Seven touchdowns? Something like that. They it's have insane. more touchdowns to the first eight weeks of an NFL than season. Than how many teams? Well, well uh, than ever. It's never happened. Than ever. So. But I'm saying they probably have more touchdowns on defense than how many well, teams let me look, have on offense. Let me look that up. Let me look that up. And that is a big marquee game for Week Ten. Yeah, Sunday Night Football, seven and one, Houston at seven and one Chicago, high octane offense with um, a Chicago? ground game that can hit that you in the mouth. Old school at Chicago at Chicago. Arian Foster in Chicago, huh? I thought Chicago had two. Losses. No, they, their one loss. One. No, no, their one. one loss was on NFL Network. My uh, Coach of the Year, Lovey Smith. Yeah, looking good. Uh, Mike Smith is your coach of the year right now. I said it the last. I said it the last <laughs> show. I said it the last show, and it just is. Sorry to say. Yeah, Actually, here you go. Fumbles forced. Chicago has seventeen forced fumbles on the season. They've recovered eleven of them. Uh, tied for most recovered fumbles with New England. Hmm. They all have eleven, and uh, New England has fourteen forced fumbles on the season. They can't cover anybody. Interceptions, interceptions, interceptions. Chicago has 17 of those. That would be tied for the most in the NFL with the Giants. Hmm. Put them all together, and that would be 28 takeaways. Takeaways. Now, in terms of touchdowns, nobody comes close. They have seven touchdowns, seven of them. Um, of the Giants' touchdowns, the uh, 17 interceptions, one has been a pick six. 
What I'm saying is, I think one has been a pick six of the 17 t- interceptions that the, the the Bears have had. Seven have been pick sixes. Wow, seven of them. Um, in terms of, it's interesting of their fumble uh, of Chicago's zero fumble recoveries for a touchdown, which means you know what they're slacking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're slacking. Well, they had the block. When that ball's loose. But they had the block kick for a touchdown yep. on uh, on yep. Sunday. Yep, and and that left Tennessee in absolute. Ooh dire straits with Bud Adams Oof. coming out and putting everybody on full blast saying they were grossly outcoached and outplayed. He's going to reassess. And Mike Freeman of CBSSports.com wrote on Monday an unnamed source in Tennessee says that everybody there is scared down in their socks. What's the exact quote? Here's the exact quote. Wow. <laughs> that everyone in Tennessee walking on eggshells or here it is according to Freeman Titans assistant coach quote everyone is scared we're all looking over our shoulders now when I say everyone I mean everyone there is a sense of panic now throughout the organization they fell three and six after having a 50 burger thrown on them at home it was the worst loss they've ever had in LP field worst loss ever they're now three and six. They are in the desperation boat that the Raiders and Bengals and Jets and Bills and Chiefs and Jaguars are all sitting in right now. All of them. The desperation boat also has set sail in Dallas. It's it's bad news there, and also in Arizona as well. Let's bring in the coach. Brian Billick sitting down here on the Rich Eisen podcast right now. Take a seat, Coach Billick. Good to see you here. Also of the uh, Coaches Show organization as well. Good to see you, Coach Billick. He's on. He's on guest two it's, for those it's scoring. Nice no, I haven't been exiled from the rich. Why would you be exiled? No, why would you be? Why would you be know. exiled? You just, yeah, let's, hold on. Let's sometimes you, you fall out of favor. You, you know, with the... well, yeah. I, as you know, I have uh, I have a, a very long memory, and it's very difficult. <laughs> I think it was my cigars comment that offended you. Well, you, you said no. The... No, it was an offense. It wasn't an offense. <laughs> I actually started, you know, asking around like we got to get. Does he really cigars. smoke cigars? Do we know a cigar guy? Can yeah. we get some? I think we go. We can get one on the horn, Coach. I want to ask you before. Um, you did the uh, the Lions Jaguars game. Exactly. No, no, I just did, did uh, the Chicago Bear beatdown. Okay, we of Tennessee. were just perfect timing. We were just talking about that. Uh, did you hear the quote that Mike Freeman of CBS Sports uh, said today? I just re- repeated it. That an assistant coach, an unnamed assistant coach in Tennessee, said, "Quote: We uh, everyone is scared. We're looking over our shoulders now. There's a sense of panic, right? Because of the Bud Adams the comment. Correct. Yeah. Uh, keep this. Think about this. And I had a chance to visit with Mike Munchak." prior to Mike Munchak has been with the Tennessee Titans or the Houston Oilers slash Titans for better than 30 years. He's a hall of fame offensive lineman. He is that knows that professionally he could have stayed there the rest of his life. You know, being an assistant who's not going to hire Mike Munchak as his line coach, regardless of once Jeff Fisher left and whoever comes in there, he's offered the head coaching job. And he said, I had to visit with my wife saying, now look, understand if I take this job, it changes everything because you see a path for us out of here. That could be as the head coach. As an assistant coach, I can stay here forever. That's a conscious decision to make. I was stunned by by Bud Adams' comment because I don't care what your title is. we got a lot of slashes in this league. Mm-hmm. Head coach slash vice president of football operations slash general manager slash guru, whatever, whatever. 
that vests a lot of power in you. But at the end of the day, your ability to deal with the player stems from the owner. The owner vests you that power. Mm-hmm. And when the owner comes out, and when you're in a situation like they are right now that says, you know what, the yes, we're not out of it yet, but we're close. You know, the fat lady ain't singing, but she's humming real well. <laughs> that we have to, as a team, respond to the head coach who's saying, now look, I'm going to evaluate each and every one of you as we go forward and and see what we have on this team and what we need to address in the offseason. When the owner comes out and says, everybody's on notice, I may empty out the building You've taken away out from underneath his legs, out from underneath him. And a guy that's been with you for better than 30 years, those players, I mean, your only chance of holding it together as a coach mm-hmm. is for them to think that you're the guy they're going to have to respond to and deal with going forward. If they're not sure you're going to be there, just like them, holding that thing together now for half a season, almost impossible. And they're at Miami next week, this coming week. And Miami's vastly improved. Absolutely. Vastly improved. And we're going to see them, Miami, kicking off week 11 in Buffalo. And if Miami beats Tennessee, as as, as one would expect them to, uh, Miami will have a chance to go um, uh, two games above 500 on NFL Network in a couple weeks. But uh, Tennessee would be 3-7 and seven going into its bye week with uh, visits to Jacksonville and then home for Houston at Indianapolis, home for the J- Jets at Green Bay. Good Lord. Uh, home for Jacksonville, you are looking at maybe it, it could be a five-win season there. Well, what's unfortunate for Tennessee was the fact that Jake Locker got hurt because this would have been a great opportunity, regardless of how the season was going to go, on the assumption that, okay, maybe they're not really a playoff-caliber team. But you get some seasoning for your young quarterback, the guy you made the eighth pick of the draft. And now the payoff will be – and they've got some good young receivers there. They've got some good young core people. Cook at the tight end. Uh, they, they Obviously, on the outside, Washington's a little bit uh, longer Brett. in the two, so to speak. Uh, but Briggs and uh, – I mean, they're, they're not bad. And then, you know, C.J., not 2K, maybe 1K now, but, I mean, he can still be pretty good. That 80-yarder was just boom. It I was. Mean, I mean, uh, signs of the old, of the old uh, Chris Johnson. But – what a great opportunity then to build for 2013. Now, again, intellectually, you can say that and, and know that's the way it is. And maybe we're one of those teams that wins four out of five to finish the season mm-hmm. and gives you that boost going into 2013. Um, and, and you could build it that way. But now that's, that's all gone for naught. You don't, you're not developing the young quarterback. Uh, you don't know if this is going to be the coaching staff that you're going to have going forward. You've just you've set your, your organization back in a way that it was an emotional response by the owner that you hate to see happen, even or if it's it true, ever? even if it's true. I understand. Hey, if, if my advice to Bud Adams, not that he's going to listen to me, I'd get out there and say, look, guys, Mike Munchak is my head coach, and you better respond to him because he's going to be the one that decides with you. You're here or not after the mm-hmm. end of the season. And at the end of the season, you want to fire a guy, fire the guy. You know, you can, hey, I changed my mind. But to th- think you're going to get anything out of the next eight weeks that can build going towards the future, it's tough. Do you think it's fair to say they were grossly outcoached? No. It, no, they weren't outcoached. They, I tell that's you what, what he said. He called it grossly outcoached. Basically what it was is they ran into, I don't even think it's fair to call Chicago a defensive buzzsaw. That's a... I've That's never a, have seen you ever Rich, seen? I've been around some pretty good defense. You sure have. Okay. Just fair to Midland, but yes, pretty good. Right. I've never seen a mentality. They are so well orchestrated now. And and you always try to build this as a defense, but it's hard to really finish it off. Chris uh, uh, Charles Tillman is MVP type discussion it's for me. His mind. Four force fumbles in one game. Their ability, you know, they always say it's not turnovers, it's takeaways. And we all foster that. But that you could see it. We talked about it on the game. 
the ability to size someone up and punch the ball out, knowing that, okay, we're going to get yards after the catch then. I'm going to miss some tackles that way. How many times do we sit up there and lament? Oh, nobody tackles anymore. Right. You know, fundamentally. But it's all about takeaways in this game right now, explosives and takeaways. They play as a team that says, first guy there, you try to get the ball out. The rest of us will cover you. We'll tackle the guy, and maybe he makes a few more yards. But Brian Urlacher the same way. Uh, all of them, Briggs, we're, we're going to knock that ball out. And they've got a mentality now that, uh, boy, it is something special. There's always a hat around the ball, or three, or four, or five. And when three get at it, there's always three more coming. It just seems to be coming in waves. And if you are fundamentally unsound, if you've got a kid on the team that's carrying the ball in the wrong arm, oh, boy. It's the point it's now. Over. Is it, you, you, you talk to your team, and we always have the same discussions about Okay, what does it take to win? And, and typically, at some point, every coach is going to tell his team, "Now we can't turn the ball over anymore." Playing the Bears is going to be, guys, we're going to turn the ball over. Okay, mm-hmm. all we can't let's just don't let them score with it. That'll be a win for us because right. they're going to make the they're, they're going to get a turnover. Now, what we've got to do is get more turnovers. And and Chicago has shown him, Jay Cutler, as well as I think he's playing, he still has more turnovers than than touchdowns. Um, so that's the mentality you have to take in. I'm not saying you capitulate, we're going to turn the ball over, but it's almost created a mentality like. You know they're in some rare air here that you you're not going to contain them. All you can't going to you know all you can hope to do is contain that type of sure. turnover battle. Uh, and that you know momentum is a force multiplier. It's one of those things where they truly believe it. And then this Sunday uh, will be a great test for everyone involved uh, in the fact that with the Texans, their offense uh, isn't mistake prone at all. Okay, and they have a guy who can hit you in the mouth and Arian Foster. Um, uh, Andre Johnson just had his best game right. of the season. And Matt Schaub looked very good. He sure did. And um, and they've got they've got a motor of their own on that defensive line that is all world as well. He's up there J. with J. Tillman J. in terms of defensive player of the year. How do you see this Sunday night game playing out with these two guys? Because Cutler may have to put some points on the board, yes. and you sort of hit on it right there. That is their Achilles heel. That's the challenge. Right now. We, we have a couple teams – going forward that we have either some pretty good balance by way of Atlanta, Mm -hmm. Houston, uh, or we have teams that I even maybe throw New York in that, the Giants in that capacity. Um, And then we have some teams that are great by extreme, you know, uh, uh, Chicago because of what they're doing defensively, Denver because of what uh, uh, Peyton Manning is doing, Uh, you know, Green Bay because of Aaron Rodgers. So it's the extremes versus the balance. Houston's one of those balanced teams. If they can get through without turning the ball over and turn it into kind of a track meet, then that's going to challenge. And that's not to say that the Bears can't do that because Jay Cutler's still capable of eye-popping plays. The problem for the Bears right now is they're one-dimensional in the passing game. Everything goes through Brandon Marshall. He's got more catches than the rest of the team combined. They're not running the ball they need to run the ball better. Forte still had a good day. And he did. He did. But but it was Everybody not. Did. It was not dominant. <laughs> sure. It, it was not. It was. It was. It came in large chunks. Uh, the offensive line is still a concern, but they've bought in. They're drinking the Kool Aid. They believe in it in terms of the mentality, of the defense. I told. And they got. They got a, a punt blocked for a touchdown. Unbelievable. The Chicago blocked a punt, and they finally got Devin Hester. Lovey Smith kind of gave warning before the game with us in our production meeting that, look, I'm not happy with Devin Hester because he's not staying within the structure. He's passing some things up. He's freelancing. He needs to show us he can he can be what we know he can be by staying with the returns. Uh, he was kind of going off the reservation a little bit. And, and he had a return. I told Lovey, hey, boy, 
this isn't fair, but the defensive turnovers you get, if you start getting special team scores, I'd just send the offense in and punt on first down. <laughs> Why not? And uh, you, it's interesting you mentioned about the balance versus the extremes, and you threw uh, the Green Bay Packers in as an extreme. Their most balanced game was the one in which Houston lost their only game of the season. Right. They look great on right. both and sides of the ball. And they're capable defensively. Make sure no they mistake. can, of course, because they've got some great guys. And when Woodson comes back uh, healthy, perhaps they can be as balanced on both sides of the ball right there. To The point is that if Chicago can put together an offensive game in the same way that Green Bay put together a defensive game when they played Houston it certainly Chicago is at home that may be enough for them to go ahead and take down the best team I think we're gonna see this is gonna be very compelling to watch as a coach because you know it's quarterback driven league and we've seen okay you don't have to have a running game you don't have to play great defense the numbers that New York and New England and Indianapolis had in terms of the inability to run the ball and where they rank defensively which didn't tell the whole story but certainly makes for good fodder to talk about Defense is going to matter this year in a championship. One, because we have so many great, so much great quarterback play, mm-hmm. and that's going to show up. What's going to be interesting to see is if, say, a San Francisco and a Chicago, you can make the point that, okay, can Chicago do it if they have to run the gauntlet in the, in the postseason with facing an Aaron Rodgers, with facing a Eli Manning, with facing a uh, uh, Matt Ryan? But – if it so happens to fall out that they only have to face one of those guys and play well on one day and then face a like team like San Francisco mm-hmm. that is not as one-dimensional, good, solid team, but not as dominant, say, on the offensive side, um, could that be the path to the Super Bowl? Where before you'd say, well, okay, you can be balanced, but at the end of the day, if you have to go through the gauntlet, if you've got to beat Aaron Rodgers, then beat Eli Manning, and then beat a Matt Ryan, or then go to the Super Bowl, and then beat a Tom Brady, or then you know uh, beat a Peyton Manning, the sheer odds, that's not going to happen, because you're not good enough at your quarterback position to match up with that, but... The bottom line for me is defense is going to matter this year, and, it, mm. and it's that's a little bit different than years past. Interesting, and Houston for sure is going to be tested by the t- by, by the by the the end of the season. We're not going to sit there and wonder if they're or if they're for real because uh, they well, they've already played Baltimore and Denver, who are I think clearly the the competitors that they're going to have to face. They're going to face Pittsburgh later on in the season. Well, let me tell you right now. Uh huh. That's the team. If I had to pick one team, if you made me put my paycheck, it's not as big as yours, Pittsburgh. but you make me put my paycheck on it right now, put a gun to my head and said, you take one team mm-hmm. that you got to bet on to go to the Super Bowl. I tell you what, I had Pittsburgh last week. Mm-hmm. They're a team that is very confident right now, has been beat up. They were without they, To go in and play New York the way they did without Jonathan Dwyer, without Richard Mendenhall, without Troy Polamalu, they lost Antonio Brown. Uh, they lost Rainey and still came in and just physically beat up a physical New York Giants Flying team. in that morning. Flying in that morning. Um, this team starts to get healthy. This is a scary, scary team. Well, I'm glad I brought up uh, – I mistakenly put Pittsburgh on Houston's schedule so you can make that point. Uh, that's the one team, actually, that's seriously involved with uh, – uh, the AFC playoff race right now that's not on Houston's schedule. They've already beaten Baltimore, whipped them. They've already played Denver uh, in Denver and survived a late onslaught from Peyton Manning. They One loss this year was to Green Bay. They'll have played Chicago as well uh, coming up this Sunday. And then week 14 on Monday Night Football is uh, at New England. So they're going to have faced pretty right. much uh, a, a large enough, I guess, um, test 
pool of playoff caliber teams for us to see if they're if they're good or not. And as for the Ravens, who are currently, despite all of their issues, at six and two, and you are what you are in the NFL. I want to talk to you about this offense because so many people, all my buddies from Baltimore, want Cam Cameron so far out the door yeah. that the door is not even an object that's close enough to appear in your rearview mirror. Is that? The issue, because you take a Gee, look. I can't at, imagine that. I can't. I can't I've you, never lived that I'm before. I'm sure you've never how, lived uh, that before. No, they they love you uh, yeah, now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you now. take a look at Ray Rice. Okay, you yeah. know what you got in Anquan Bolden. The guy has a track record. You know, Tory Smith can run like the wind. You've got two tight ends that are solid to really good, and an offensive line that's nothing to shake a stick at. So the question is, is it the quarterback, or is, is the quarterback and the offensive coordinator not on the same page here? What, what do you I think, think fills off, this offense? You have to yeah, – first off, let's remember they're 6-2. and two. Yes. You can't get too far away from that. And it was good news, bad news about last weekend. The good news is that, once again, Joe Flacco, in a crunch time, showed he could take his team back to win. The bad news was it took that to beat the Cleveland Browns, which is a bad thing. Uh, their defense is not as good. There's no question about it. This has become an offensive team. That transition's a tough one for an organization that, for since its inception, has all been about the defense. But they knew that. You give Ozzie Newsom and, and John Harbaugh a great deal of credit for creating this change of mentality. We've got our quarterback. We're going to put the assets there. We're, and it is going to change, particularly when you knew Ray at some point would leave and then Ed Reed and notwithstanding what happens with Terrell Suggs and the like. They committed to this no huddle which they do very, very well, knowing that we need to be able to be that next thing to go and win a Super Bowl because we keep coming up short. And I give them credit for that. But it does test you. I don't care how many times they run Ray Rice. I care about how many touches he has. I don't care if he has 20 receptions and five runs or five run, or 20 runs and, and five receptions, as long as they get the ball in his hands. And they've, it is well orchestrated. Cam Newton knows what he's doing. Part of it is Joe Flacco. On the road, there seems to be a problem. Yes, it does. And it's very real. It goes beyond once is a, is, is a happenstance, twice is a coincidence, three times is a trend. Now, he played better, particularly in crunch time against Cleveland, but that was not a stellar performance on Joe's part. I don't know what that reason is. I don't know why he doesn't play better on the road. They do need to isolate that. They're very good at home. They're not going to be good as defense. I do have concerns. You know, they play, they play Pittsburgh – Twice in three weeks. Yes, they do. Starting not this week, but no, the next. This week they have Oakland at home, and then is Baltimore-Pittsburgh on Sunday night, week 11. Then they have a trip to San Diego right. all the way across the country in week 12 of Thanksgiving Sunday. And then they come home and um, and see Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh has Kansas City, then Baltimore. Then, if I'm not mistaken, they have uh, Cleveland. And then Baltimore. So they've got a little bit easier path. Those two games Kent are going City to be Pittsburgh huge. on Monday night for the whole yeah. country to see what we saw on yeah. Thursday last week. Does, does Mike City. Tomlin play back the Lions Den comment from last year? Whenever he said, when uh, Coach uh, Harbaugh said, we went into the Lions Den and came out victorious. Hey, man, we went into the Lions Den and we came out untouched. We were tested by fire. All right? We were refined. We are, we are gold and we are silver. And we are moving on. Har- Harbaugh stole that from me now. <laughs> uh, that's trademarked. I'm like Dion, you know. Okay, you can, you can. The first time you got to identify me. After that, you can take credit. Nice. But the first time, you know, you got to identify. Is that, me. Is, that, gotta, is that the only way you're like Dion, Coach? Uh, that, yeah, okay, okay. I, I won't Pretty go much any further that with that. Well. But uh, yeah, yes, that, that is that, Pittsburgh's Those two road. games are going to be huge. If Pitt, I tell you what, 
Pittsburgh is a confident, confident football so, team right now. So you put it on the quarterback in Baltimore? It's not. I think it's a combination. I, I wouldn't put it all on Cam Cameron. I mean, that's not Cam Cameron's a good coach. Okay, and I, I understand. I live in the Baltimore area. The, sure, I know. So I, I know the voices there, but I've been there before. Uh, and I always know. I love it when people are. You're, you, I got the same criticisms about you know me or whoever was coordinating. You're so predictable. We we can we know exactly what you're going to run. Look, I can throw it. or I can run it. You got a fifty fifty chance, right? <laughs> yes. So so the criticisms are going to be what they're going to be. I'm very familiar with it, obviously, and for Cam, I think Cam's done a nice job. I think it comes down to his ability with Joe Flacco, and understand that relationship's not the closest in the world. And, that, and that's what I want to get at, is that it that we know that already, right? I mean, Zorn was Flacco's guy, right. and Zorn gets the gate. Jim and, Caldwell coming in has been a good, good pickup, right. and he and Flacco have. And, and that doesn't mean it has to be. You don't have to be best of buddies. But normally when you are in sync, uh, whether it may be not to the extreme of Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees, but you usually see a relationship between the, the play caller and the quarterback in a way that they're as one, so to speak. Mm. And you don't see that. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it indicates. I like Joe Flacco. I like Cam Cameron. Um, and But this transition is a unique one, and their conf- confidence never ceases to amaze me in this league how veneer-thin confidence is, even in the most confident players, sure. confident teams. Right now, I got to go with Pittsburgh because they are a confident football what team. What they did in New York and New Jersey was really impressive. Before I I, I let you go because you've got so many other things on your plate here, I want to hit the Cowboys with you. They're three and five. They started six of nine on the road. If they go to Philadelphia next week and beat Philadelphia, no no offense, Chris Law, they, that yet. would make them four and five in that very difficult stretch that will allow them to be at home for much of the rest of the season. So. I'm not ready to pull the ripcord or push the panic button yet in Dallas, but I do see a team that just has always something missing. They're filled with playmakers who just don't make the plays when you need to more than once. And I know that you take a look at their running back, and their best running back just can't stay healthy, and he is such a difference maker for them because it's not just the how he, it's the way he runs. It brings an attitude that I think the rest of the team can feed off of on both sides of the ball. I'd love to get your sense on what what is just going on with that my, my, offense. My bias will come out here, and we all see the same thing in Dallas. When things don't go well, as they did the other night, mm-hmm. when the you-know-what hits the fan, <laughs> what's the next clip we see? Who's talking about it? Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Not the head coach. Jerry Jones. And until that gets rectified, Jerry Jones is the owner. He can have it any way he wants but we just talked about it. You are, you control your team via the power that the owner vests in you as a head coach. When those players look to who's responsible, have to respond to somebody, it's, it can't be Jason Garrett because Jerry Jones is the voice of that team. As long as it goes through Jerry Jones, they're going to struggle. Until he vests that in someone, Jerry Jones is still going to have the power. Don't get me wrong. But until he has someone in that seat, and he did, like short term. Parcells. Whether it's Parcell, whether it's Jimmy Johnson. Until you have someone in that position that you can vest through the players. Guys, this is the guy you have to deal with. Because he's the one standing on the sideline. It's never going to change. As much as he could say how much he loves Jason Garrett. Doesn't matter. It's never going to change. Unless he steps on the sideline and becomes the head coach. Well, that may happen one day. But it just seems that the players that they put together, they, they've got so much talent. I mean, that, that kid Carter at linebacker is running he was like unreal a deer. Last night. He's running like a deer. 
You know, you take a look at there's playmakers in Maurice Claiborne. There's a playmaker in, in DeMarcus Ware. There's a playmaker in Des Bryant. There's a playmaker in Tony Romo. The guy can make play after play. Even Ogletree has shown flashes of making plays. You take a look at Witten. He just took over the all-time catching uh, receptions mark for Dallas. They got the guys. They just don't have the... I thought, not to I get thought, off topic, I thought Tony played a pretty good game. What, night. what coach said though about the owner? Did you guys watch sixty Minutes last night with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, he's happy that that, that he has more than one owner. Is what he, he doesn't have a billionaire he, telling him. In, in essence, doesn't have yeah, an owner that doesn't no. know anything about football. Not that Jerry doesn't know anything about and football. That, but and first off, let's back up. Jerry Jones is maybe the most knowledgeable owner with regards to football. He's going. He's a dream to have as a coach because he's going to give you the resources. Going to give you whatever you need. Yep. But the concept. That, you know, it. How many coaches you been through in the last ten years? Yeah, I mean, five, uh, six. Uh, you know, it's 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 like the guy that's been divorced six times. Okay, maybe it's not you, but <laughs> don't you have to look at the process that you're going about and how you choose these people? Jerry is as brilliant as he is and understands the league and understands being in the limelight and being America's team and what I need to get my coaches in order to be successful doesn't seem to understand that element that most – look at the most successful organizations in this league. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Philadelphia. Five even. coaches since Can you imagine, can you imagine one of the Maras? Can you imagine oh, one no. of the Roonies? No, no, no. Having a radio show? Having – being that guy that after a game that everything goes through in terms of commenting on this team and the – so at some point you you look at what wins in this league structurally, and and you adapt it as we all do to to make it fit what mm. you want, or you don't. And and uh, in my opinion, as much respect as I have for Jerry Jones, he 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 doesn't quite get that. Your brother-in-law's killing it right now. Exactly right, and, and and there's a lot of ways to get it done, and it's a combination of he and a general manager that have a shared vision that can communicate with one another, and who an owner that will vest that in them and stay out of it, and say, you know, I sat with Arthur Blank at Home Depot, and he says, I I don't know a lick about lumber, mm-hmm. but I know how to hire good people that do and set up a structure and let them do it. And before, again, uh, we're going to let you go in a couple minutes here. We, we saw a stat on Sunday Night Football that he is third all-time in terms of winning percentage of games that come down to one possession. Why do you think that is? Attention to detail, not just on game day. you got to understand, game day is, a, is an extension of what you do during the week to prepare your team, like a Bill Belichick that says, you know – this game, about it's not about X's and O's, embarrassingly so. We're all doing the same thing. We really are. And I'm a guy that supposedly knew X's and O's and this, that, and mm-hmm. the other, and it was a day that I believed that. This is a game about <laughs> identifying personnel, creating a, an environment for them to learn, a structure clearly, and then preparing them for critical situations. And making sure they understood what the plan was. So in real right time, wrong, in real time, you can't they think can about rely it. on. They can rely if on. If we go for it right. on fourth and two, this is what we're going to do and why we're going to do it. Now we could be as screwed up as Hogan's goat in doing it, but we're going to have a plan. Mm-hmm. You're going to know what the plan is. I had that Dallas Baltimore game, and I'm confident that Jason Garrett and Tony Romo knew what they wanted to do and when they wanted to do it and how in that last minute and 20 seconds the rest of the team had no clue no what was going clue. on or how it was going to be orchestrated or what they were supposed Mooch to do showed a tape the following sunday morning on game day morning spot shadowing where the rest of the team was standing on the sideline as they were lining up for that onside kick and they were spread out 
all over that yeah. sideline. So that's it's that 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 attention to detail and preparing your team for situations that a Mike Smith and a Bill Belichick uh, are are so good at. Where are you going this week? I've got uh, New York at Cincinnati. I'm fascinated to see New the Giants uh, on the road. Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati, kind of a surprising team. Uh, shouldn't be that they're where they're. I think Mike Zimmer does a great job with the defense. They're dealing with, uh, and you know, Cincinnati. It's win one year and go down the next. Well, they're year. three games worse than they were at this point last year. Yeah, they were six to, and two. Now yeah. they're three and five, they're and really. and the, they got their hands full. The Giants are. You want to talk about extremes? Even though you mentioned them as one of the balanced teams. They are an extreme team when it comes to playing on the road yeah. and playing at home. They play so much better on the road. And it's good for them to be on the road this week. Oh, they're going to go and they're going to kill it. Yeah. I mean, the Bengals have their hands full. Yeah. Be big, interesting to see. Big time. Good to see you. All right, man. Thanks Very for good. coming on. That's All right. Sounds good. Brian Billick. Follow him at Coach Billick on Twitter. He's off and running to do around the league. He did the coach's podcast. He just did the game in uh, uh, Chicago. Chicago. In Tennessee. Tennessee. Now going back. He's going to Cincinnati. He's already out the door. He's up and running, and he's got the greatest phrases. What uh, crazy is Hogan's go? Yeah, Hogan's go. Rocker and I looked at each other. Um, I didn't know what that and, was. And 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 he equates um, with Deion Sanders. Well, he no, he equates uh, Jerry Jones to a man who's been divorced six times. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask him, and maybe you know you've been around Mooch a lot and knows this, but he said earlier that he talked with um, Lovey Smith, and he he told him that you know he wasn't happy with Devin Hester in the meeting. He's a former coach. How much information do you think the coaches are actually giving members of the media before the game? You know the old saying, "You can't BS a BSer." No, they they all these and coaches definitely all oh, they all they all say, "Hey man, this is what's going on here." They are chatty, yeah, freaking yeah. Pathies. All of them, all of these coaches. I mean, Mike Freeman, got chatty a, got a, got a, That's he, one too, right there. He got a, he got an Mike Freeman got an assistant right. talking about we're all scared here. Coaches love talking. Yeah, they uh, love talking, and, but they they can they will not tell me. But right. they'll tell another coach. Oh, yeah, they will tell another coach. It's a fraternity. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mooch will go into a place and chat with another coach. One, a couple times, a couple times when we've had Belichick on our air, and Steve has no relationship really with Bill Belichick, uh, Belichick had, um, uh, had somebody come over to the set saying he wanted to talk to Steve. Because, you know, he's doing it. And, and Steve was, first time Steve was like, oh, okay. Went out there and talked to him for like 15, 20 minutes. Wow. And came back and goes, man, that was that was awesome. These guys have a fraternity. Yeah. They do. So he can go in, Billy can go in and talk all this stuff. And he'll also know what he can and cannot can't say tell, on Yeah, the he air. just knows. Right, yeah. Right. No, exactly. He knows exactly what the coach is telling him, what that means. But he'll also, that's why he'll drop stuff in every now and then. Yeah. That is thoroughly from firsthand knowledge he's of great. not only what he's done as a coach himself, but from from other people. I like feel with so Mon- much Munchak, you just heard that what he said about Munchak. How he when he took the job, he told his wife, "Listen, if I do this, our kids could be uprooted from school." I correct. Be, if I don't, we could stay here forever. Yep. Mike Munchak, Penn Stater. Just throwing that out there. Oh boy. <laughs> Lot of not a lot of neat stuff. Uh, let's great. hey one other thing you just talked to Mooch. Mooch talked to Pagano yesterday morning. They texted him. He they text back oh, okay, and forth. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah they text. That was pretty cool when he dropped final. that on there. I was watching. Yeah, yeah, they texted back and forth because you know there's there's there was word what he was gonna come. Who knows if he's gonna come? He could say I'm gonna come. I'm gonna feel great, and then you wake up. You know, I mean, I don't need to tell anybody about about health issues. My gosh, I mean, you know, you never know. But he, yeah, he texted him in the morning. Hmm. Um. And uh, it is now my job to make the interesting transition <laughs> to uh, Kellen Lutz. Let's get to him. 
Pleased to have on the Rich Eisen podcast a man who will be uh, in the newest Twilight film, Breaking Dawn, come part two, coming out on November 16th. He's also uh, going to be the next Tarzan, everybody, uh, beating out me, oddly enough, for that role. Uh, Kellen Lutz here on the Rich Eisen podcast. Good to see How you, man. How are you? How are you? It was a, it was a tough, it was a tough um, I guess, battle between me and you in order to be Tarzan. Um, and uh, in the end, in the end, you won out, but I think the two of us being able to talk right now just shows how I don't take things personally and, and neither do you. Cause it really, it really did come down, I think to the last, to the last sort of reading. Well, I was, it? I was willing to strip down to my underwear and you, yeah, I, guess, I did. Uh, yeah, weren't I... wearing any that day. So <laughs> that's, I mean, you're more Tarzan than I, but yes. for the camera, they couldn't show your audition. That's true. Actually, I am going to be in the, na- uh, the next one was just Tarzan commando. <laughs> See, you get like your part two of Twilight Breaking Dawn. It's it's Tarzan, you know, calling Commando. I like that. We're workshopping this thing right now. I I know, but I think you know. know, Let's just hope this is the tent pole that uh, that you're going to be part of next as well with the Twilight Breaking Dawn and you being a fan of the National Football League as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, Have you been able to uh, be able to just focus on your true passion, which is the NFL. As oh, opposed football, to- yeah, the NFL. <laughs> you know what? I mean, being a part of Twilight's been amazing, and I know you've seen every movie, and you're going go to go to the midnight screening. Um, yep, yep, yeah. yep, 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 exactly. Yes, ex- yeah. The hardest thing with doing these movies, though, because it's been the last four years of my life, and previously before shooting Twilight, I was in South Africa shooting Generation Kill. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with football. I grew up in the Midwest, and I started living in Arizona when I was younger, so my team's the Cardinals. We know a lot of people over there. Larry's awesome. Um, I miss War- Warner, but um, <laughs> he so does Larry, I believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, Larry, Larry's Larry's amazing. But every time I shoot, and that's the toughest thing with my schedule with shooting. Mm-hmm. Gen- Generation Kill. I shot all football season in South Africa, so I'm watching on uh, my Game Pass. No kidding. And I have to wait like 17 hours because we're like 14 hours ahead of time. Sure. Uh-huh. So I'm up at like 3 a.m. On a day of shooting, we have to go to set watching like Sunday right. morning game right? Um, or whatever the time change is there. So I've been doing that for the last five years. So I never get to fully watch football, go to the games. I try and go to as many Cardinals games as I can. Um, everyone there at the Cardinals are amazing. And, uh, you know, it's 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 sad for me when, when I'm yeah. working during football season. I need a contract right. where it says I can't work. We, by the way, we all need yeah. a contract like that. Maybe you can – we can swap roles. Uh, just for one Sunday, one Sunday where I do your job for a Sunday and then you do mine where it is, in fact, my job to watch football games. I must watch football games because I have to know what I'm talking yeah. about. I have to see what's happening in that Jacksonville uh, game against the Lions this past week because I'm going to Jacksonville this week. I've got to know that stuff. So maybe, maybe just once we could sneak it maybe past the goalie here oh, uh, on a Sunday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I didn't shave just for this interview. Just to, you know, I'm trying to go. I'm trying to do the whole. Movember? Mo- well, I don't... well, how are you going to do that? Can See, you I do that? Do you the... can't do that. Because you're on TV and you got to look all pretty. And... Yeah, well, it's not just that. I think is that if I did the Movember, mm-hmm. anytime I'd be talking, people would say, what the hell is that thing on the top of his lip? Because, I mean, how what you got going on right now? The growth and what you got going on right now. How long? How long does it take you to, to do that that's right a now? Couple. That's a couple of days. That's a two day thing right now. Yeah. Is what you're saying. I did a mohawk last year. 
Did you really? Yeah, I just shaved. Well, that I can't do. I got nothing. I mean, I mean, you can. I can't. But it's very nice of you to even <laughs> even attempt to go that. No, I can't. What I've got is what I've got. This is it. It is what it is. And I'm wearing my extensions today too. You know what I mean? I guess it. I said I saw Matt Lauer like eight years ago, and I'm like, that's it. That's that way to go, Matt. I'm. I'm. That's that's all I can do. But the Movember thing too is that it would take me like nine days to grow something that would even resemble a mustache. Well, I feel the same way. I mean, this is half movie magic right here. It, yeah. <laughs> yes. I had to go through the movie magic uh, this morning. Sp- really? Spray on the abs, spray on the... This is CGI the- right now? You walk <laughs> CGI. around? CGI. I mean, I have a good way- team that's around a- me. Boy, that's an incredible I know. It takes me a while, too. I'm kind of jealous of the ones who can... I can't. You know- I can't do it. I can't. As a matter of fact, I once came back from a two-week vacation with a goatee for SportsCenter years and years ago when I was doing it on ESPN. And the ESPN management hates for some reason, hates when their people show up on TV with facial hair. I don't know why. Huh. It's sort of like a, the rule that they just no facial hair. But I decided to do it, and I went into management, and I'm like, I'm going to do this tonight. And they said, quote, unquote, it's your face. I'm like, okay, that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> and then I had to go in the makeup chair, and they had to draw in the connecting parts between the mustache and the beard, literally with a pencil. Drew it in right here. Yes, right there. Yeah, I had to draw the connection. You can do it just this, but I can't. But I, it's just I have some sort of. It's it's odd. They're like it looks better if we connect the. It it does look better. It did, and it was sort of like an evil rich eyes, and it looked (laughs) terrible. It looked bad. I got all sorts of voicemails from people like, "What's with the chocolate milk all over your face?" It didn't. It didn't look good, you know. So the Movember thing for me. Uh, I'd rather just talk about, you know, what Movember stands for. And, well, and you're supporting it either way, so I good am. work. I am. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So you're originally from North Dakota, correct? I was born in North Dakota, moved around a lot, and then okay. I landed in Arizona. And it's – my mom knows – my mother knows everyone in Arizona. Right. And um, we do – we climb Camelback when I go home. Okay. I know the Cardinals do that as well for some great exercise. Sure. And when it's 120 degrees up, like in Arizona in the summertime, doing Camelback, I have a hard time doing it. Mm-hmm. And watching all the players go up there, it really brings out the camaraderie. That's why I really love the Cardinals. It's a great team. Um, it's a neat stadium too. The new stadium there, beautiful stadium. I mean, it's, it, uh, it you, you can't compare it to the old one that they were in in Tempe. I mean, it's just it's completely apples and oranges now. It's a beautiful, new, gorgeous place. They had yeah. the Super Bowl there, you know, years ago, and the Giants. Hand of the Patriots, their first loss that year in 2007. It was pretty cool. Uh, so you wish Kurt Warner was back as your quarterback. Is that what you're telling me right now? I just want to go to the Super Bowl again. You know, yeah. I loved when Warner was there. Um, you know, Cobb will be great. You know, he just has to get better. Um, yeah, he Skelton's does. doing great. It's just, uh, I just want to win. <laughs> it's right. been, what, five losses now. We started out really well. Yeah. But 4-0. Um, and Bono. And then we had them on Thursday Night Football on NFL Network in St. Louis. They lost that. Yeah, how did they lose that one? Uh, they did lose that one. And then they But they lost. beat the Patriots, which, they again, did. they're one of my favorite teams also. They're, they're number, number two. The Patriots are? Yeah. Why is that? Uh, I loved Randy Moss from Minnesota Vikings okay. when I was living up there in the north. And then he went over to the Patriots. And it's, I kind of just fell in love. I mean, Brady, the whole team, everyone over there. Some good people because North Dakota is so it's it's you could be a Viking there, right? Yeah, is, is that is that's that kind of where that's Vikings from. country is North Dakota. I know because we had Josh <laughs> Dumel on before, he's yeah. from Minot, yeah, he's a huge Vikings fan, yeah, yeah. So that's sort of you'd include North Dakota as Minnesota Viking, country. I'd have to say so. And then South Dakota, I know for sure, is Broncos country. People love the Denver Broncos from South Dakota. So my dad and, loves the Broncos, I think, because we lived in Denver also for okay. a little bit, man. 
What did your parents? What you just moved around? Is that what it was? Yeah, or? we just moved around. We aren't in the military, right? Oh, you were not. You just you just moved around. <laughs> I, I felt like we were running from the law. They're like, ah, oh, we're moving to another Midwest. Uh, get a farm, and you maybe know, just... you were. Maybe you were. Maybe, 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 just maybe, your younger brother was a vampire, and uh, <laughs> you were just, unbeknownst to you, learning your role years ago yeah. and running from the law. Maybe that's what that was. No, am I well, wrong? Well, I have a, a large family, okay. a mixed family, but okay. I have I have three older brothers and then three younger brothers and one sister. So maybe the the older ones got us into trouble mm-hmm. and we had to run, do some sort of running. And are they all Cardinals fans in your family, or how does that split? Yeah, actually, yeah, it's exciting when I go back. Um, everyone at the Cardinals are so welcoming. Mm-hmm. So I did a little press there, and they let us come on the stage uh, on the stadium mm-hmm. on the grass. And then, you know, every year I go back for Thanksgiving and Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And I try and go a game. I think there's a game on the 23rd sure. in Arizona that I want to go to. Okay. Um, but they're great, and I, I just love going to football games. Is Larry Fitzgerald a fan of Twilight, as far as you know? Uh, he, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm you not could, sure. We could find that out for you to find out what, what team. I usually like on. talking about him. You know, when I when I go back there and, uh, you know, you get to meet all the players and hang out with them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know he's a fan of Tarzan, and I actually just shot that. So mm-hmm. we'll probably chat with him about that. He'll chat with with me about some football. Sure. <laughs> so so Larry obviously is uh, he's an all world individual man. I mean that guy is he's one of the all time greats, football player and and people as well. Uh, so you met him? Is it what you're saying? You've met Larry Fitzgerald? Yeah, I before? met when Matt Liner was over there. Um, they they bring all the players down. I think after the game they have like sure. the. the dinner or they bring all the family members so i met larry and um and matt and you're I friends met, with liner, uh, liner yeah um i i know him okay i mean we we chat I there. I, i'm sure. not best buds or anything like that but yeah i met larry down there i met him on camelback also um what do you mean you met him on camelback you just all the players all the players yeah, yeah yeah i climbed that one and back then you're home. just like oh there's larry Fitzgerald. well all the players go up there my mom actually uh has prayed for them on top of the mountain so it's, it's what do you mean? She, what does she do for them up there? She, my mom's affiliated um, in so many different uh, like teen CBS and Moms in Touch. Okay, and so she just asked if she could pray for the team and and uh, be on top of the mountain. Just they all huddled and so your mom, yeah, with the Arizona Cardinals yeah. on top of Camelback Mountain, yeah, just outside, just right there in in Scottsdale, right in yeah. Phoenix, yeah, yeah. They were, she and they won the game, they, so they were all together. No kidding. Yeah, they're all together. They do it as an exercise. You know, like a training day. Sure. Let's go up Camelback. I don't know how often they do that, but I know they do that. And then they won. The, and then they won the subsequent game. Yeah. No kidding. So your mom's a factor. Your mom was a factor. My mom's a factor in so many people's lives. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for her. Sure. Well, sure. Obviously. I'd <laughs> say <laughs> same thing with my mom too, but she doesn't pray for for the team or for for Larry Fitzgerald. So that's what she does with the. That's pretty cool. She's not man. a part of the Cardinals. No, you know, no, no, but no, she just no. Does but, it and. Up there you know, on Camelback she, Mountain. She that prays must be, for anyone and everyone. That must be She's beautiful up there. And that's sort it of. It is. No kidding. I like the desert, you know, okay. and it's beautiful way up there. Well, she needs to, I think they need to get her back in the mix right now with a five-game losing streak. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, they, I'm not saying that she's she can break it. But I think they should get her in the mix right now because it's just not working. Well, she's always praying, and I'm always asking her to. So, right, excellent. You know, just just a few more out there. Right. You know, and I I have I think I have Arizona for my defense for fantasy football. So yeah, what's your... I didn't score too too many points this week. No, you did not. No. Uh, they had just three. I know that because 
I have them as well. well. Yes, but I benched them because they were going against Aaron Rodgers, and I just did not like that matchup at all. I've got Arizona's defense because, obviously, I saw what they did firsthand against St. Louis where they sacked Sam Bradford a gajillion times, and Patrick Peterson can take it to the house on special Mm -hmm. teams at any moment or on defense at any moment, and I'm just waiting for that, obviously. But I benched them this week because I didn't like the matchup. Who did you take? I took the Dolphins because what they did against the Jets last week and they had minus one points because Andrew Luck lit them up like a can of gas yeah, yeah. this week. Well, it's my first year playing. Is that right? Football. So I, I never know if I – because I have a big team. So if you drop sure. a team or mm-hmm. you pick, you know, try and pick someone up, yeah. usually the only uh, defenses you can pick up, no one wants. That but is then correct. again, if they were going against Green Bay, so I, had to, I should have done something. I just didn't want to lose You know, out. I mean, it's the problem with defenses in certain leagues is people are hoarders of defenses. They yeah. just have a defense sitting exactly. on their bench doing nothing, exactly. and it really upsets me because I'm one of those guys that changes defense almost every week. And I should have picked up Chicago's. I mean, Chicago. There's no way your Chicago – that thing's available – that team's available anymore. It was. It was, it was early, but I didn't. Oh, Kevin. I think someone just did a waiver and switched some teams up to pick up someone else oh, or did some deals. Man. And- so who else is on your fantasy football team? I have Foster, which is doing pretty well. I didn't get too many. Um, and then We had over 100 yards and a touchdown again. Yeah. That's yeah. all he does is get over 100 yards and score at least once. Yeah. That's why every single week he's incredibly dependable. He's yeah. awesome. I love that guy. No, I love him. He's great. Who great. else is on I your have team? Eli Manning, which didn't score. He's, yeah. he's always like every other week he's scoring right. a lot. Not a this lot. week was bad. He had three yeah. fantasy points this week. Just three. You know why I know that? Got him because <laughs> you have him too. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, Victor yeah. Cruz, uh, oh, Des Bryant. Des Bryant. He did not do very much this week. You didn't it's, do well I, at all. But in yet I'm winning against week. my matchup. Which you is are. Nice. Yeah. So who did? So who scored points for you this week? Um, Aaron Foster. Uh, obviously, I have. Is it Lashore? Yeah, Michelle Lashore. He's yeah. out of his mind. He got like what? 20, he was awesome. Twenty five. He was points? great this week. Yeah, Something he was like great. Michelle Lashore had a great week. What's your What's your fantasy uh, team name? What's the name of your team? Uh, sneaky sneak. Okay. Yeah. Is there, is there a story behind nah. sneaky sneak? <laughs> no, just all my football friends. Cause we always, we used to do sports betting and then it's not really mm-hmm. legal to do here. It and, is not. It's a okay, matter of fact. I'm, I'm glad no, here I, I don't do it national, anymore. Here, 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 here in the, here in the, uh, the home of the national football league. Yeah. Uh, whenever I hear stuff like that, I turn into the old Saturday night live character the unfrozen caveman lawyer where all your your terms confuse me i have no idea what you're talking about no idea no yeah so um i go to Mm -hmm. vegas quite often Mm -hmm. every other night to do so does the the fact that you're playing a character named sneaky pete have something to do with sneaky sneak does that have something to do with that good 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 follow-up with that Um, that's what i do for a living (laughs) plus i have producers that get right in my ear and talk to me to make me look smart he he very much is when i just in life like Mm -hmm. i just love I do a lot of research under the tables, and for Sneaky Pete, I mean, mm-hmm. he very much is like like the character who would be mm-hmm. the person for Sneaky Sneaks. There you go. Um, with sports betting, but no, I just love betting with all my friends. That's the only time I can really connect with them. Connect because, with them. What's that? It's by doing something illegal. But it wasn't <laughs> always illegal. Now, now, now no. we do it just between no, each other. Well, that's good. That's yeah. friend, friendly, a friendly, a friendly Football wager every now, every now and then. Yeah. So, what, so is that whose league you're in? Just a bunch of buddies of yours that are well, yeah here for the from... fantasy football one. That's all my LA friends. And you okay. do when you do a movie, you you start up all these different lives. Sure, you, know, you start up a life, especially with Twilight. This last one, it was seven months away. Mm-hmm. And in Canada, you can't really watch football. But uh, but when I'm shooting. You know, like in Indonesia on Java Heat with Mickey Rourke, I'm trying to watch football. I have to talk to my friends to, 
you know, the connection mm-hmm. is close to dial up over right. there. And, you know, just betting with my friends, it keeps me close close to home. Now, Mickey Rourke, he is batshit insane, correct? Is that true? He's brilliant on and off camera. Nicely like when I'm watching done. him and he is just <laughs> being Mickey Rourke off camera. How I'm cool like, is that? He's, he's, it's, it's really cool. I mean, just to sit, I mean, to, to work with, with him. Yeah. What was that like? What was that? Uh, he, I mean, he's old school Hollywood. He would just come to set, you know, ready to rock and roll. He didn't care about hair and makeup. He didn't care about anything. He's just like, ah, oh, just, just, just give me my lines. Right. And, uh, you know, but his presence is what we needed with mm-hmm. the villain. Okay. He plays a good villain. I'm sure. And I get to kill him, which, uh, you do. Yeah. Okay. It's a dream come true. Check that <laughs> off the bucket list. Kill <laughs> Mickey Rourke. <laughs> well, and is, is there any, um, fantasy football league on the twilight? Set it all, or that's just that's as far afield from football as you can possibly. Yeah, get. I mean, we I know Taylor Lautner is a Lions fan. I know that he said that he's from Detroit. Oh, when I ran gotcha. into him because yeah. I did, I met him. The Funny or Die did a video with yeah, the him. Field of Dreams, the Field of Dreams, which one. is yeah. great. Marshall Falk and I played ourselves. It was a very um, difficult role for me to <laughs> get into, uh, where we were we were calling the game of the of the Field of Dreams type moment. And he said that he was a Lions fan. So there's that. But it, that, other than that, it's just it's it's not much of a football loving set. Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean Taylor okay Taylor would always have his football, so it's great to have okay. someone you can throw around with. Sure. But I mean, there's a lot of females on the set that aren't really into football, no. which I love girls uh, who are into it. Yeah, um, of course. More to connect with. More than you know, half the football fans. It's just like you know, life. Fifty, a lot of more, half football friends are women. Women love their football, but just not, not on the set of Twilight. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, it's okay. But yeah. it's all right. It's all right. But that's now we've got something to work towards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Pattinson, he doesn't. I mean, he's he's got nothing. I mean, he kept on wondering where the soccer ball was. You yeah, know, it was. so it's like, yeah. no, it's football, like yeah. American football, right? Um. Yeah, he, he doesn't really understand. Uh, okay, well, we got to get him up to speed too. What's it like to play a character like Tarzan? What's that like for me? Just because you know, I grew up. I lived on a farm once in Iowa, in uh, the morning. <laughs> so let's start again before you answer this. Where have you not lived? <laughs> <laughs> this is great, man. You're like, okay, Camelback, uh, Denver, North Dakota, right? But every now, every lived state, on a farm in Iowa. Every state grew and grew, which okay. was great. Great. You know, I, I can't say I've lived. I lived in New York a little bit, but go. when in Iowa, yes. we had a farm. And for me, you know, the dairy and the cows, and or the dairy, obviously the cows, sure. the pigs, the chickens. I always felt like either a Tarzan or Mowgli from the Jungle Book, even though I never really watched <laughs> a lot of TV or movies. I just sure. I was like, oh, I'm king of the animals, even uh-huh. though they're in like little pig pens. I'm like, yeah, this is my domain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always wanted, I always loved Tarzan. And then when you come come out here i i fell into acting i was going to school for chemical engineering out in chemical at, at, at chapman in orange county uh-huh and just got the acting bug fell in love with it you know and it, it started working mm-hmm. which is always great so i had to put school aside but when iconic characters come into play and um you know i heard that they were redoing tarzan i'm like hey how can you they made almost every possible tarzan that you could think of mm-hmm. i mean disney just finished their animated cartoon one but um, but I read the script and you know it's so modern and contemporary. It, it's fun. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of comedy in it. But then I I wore my my Conan mask, so I got close to playing Conan. Mm-hmm. And 
got in my underwear and I'm like, I'm so far from Tarzan. It would be a dream to play. I'm just going to, you know, go for it. Right. And um, yeah, you know, they liked what I did. And playing Tarzan was just, it's a dream come true. It was mm-hmm. motion capture and, you know, I, I got to just be the monkey man. What do you mean by motion motion capture for those at, at home? who Motion capture is there's no hair and makeup, which is another dream for me. Because when you're doing something like Twilight and you're wearing t- pounds of white makeup. Right. Um, it takes hours to put on. I'm not a fan of that. But motion capture, you wear this uh, Power Ranger-esque suit. It's kind of like um, a scuba diving suit or a mm-hmm. surfing suit. And you have all these tape balls on you. And then you put some some pencil dots on your face and motion ca- capture. You, you have like this camera on. It feels like you're in a video game. Sure. So you'd rather do that than get makeup on? Because that, that sounds takes, like... That takes five minutes. That takes five minutes, what yeah, you, you just described? Put this suit on. It already has the tape balls on it. You oh, zip it up. You zip it put up. Your gloves it's on, the old tape ball on. suit. With yeah, a zip up tape It's ball come suit. a long way, actually. Right. I mean, if you go back and, and I think there's some videos on YouTube of what motion capture. No, I've seen, I think like. a lot of folks who are hearing this will know what that is because that's how they shoot uh, players for the John Madden uh, video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so they so they can get the the exact characteristics of exactly. like the way Larry Fitzgerald runs down the field and. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically what that's the, what we did. And you have Tarzan, 60, huh? you have 60 cameras, 6058 around you. So you can do uh, a helicopter shot. You have every angle captured, but the hardest thing for me to do, cause I, I played football growing up and was to have the grace of Tarzan because he's very fluid in his movement and yes. he runs on all four. So I'm a bit stocky. I feel like my lower back is a second, butt. It's just it's it's just so tight and big. Uh-huh. So getting on all fours and working and trying to run quadra quadruped run was one of the toughest things I've done. Quadruped running yeah. in a zip up tape ball yeah. suit. It's very, very scratch very that flattering. off the bucket list <laughs> as well. Who's Jane? Who's Jane? Uh Spencer Locke. Beautiful, mm-hmm. talented actress, Spencer Locke. Okay. That's cool. And uh what did you play when you played football? What were you, what was your Um I played I tried to play a lot. I just loved hitting people. Um, oh, good for you, you know, receiving was great, but I was never the fastest. Um, liked quarterback, but that didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. But I played safety, and I just loved oh, I a, loved oh, hitting people. That's a great position if you want to enjoy hitting people. Yeah. That's it. But now, now you know, essentially in the NFL, you, you're not really allowed to hit people in certain places. You know, I mean, they're Which safety. is good. Which is yeah, good. of course. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. Um, and so uh, Breaking Dawn uh, – Twilight Breaking Dawn Part Two coming out on the sixteenth. Tarzan, that's coming out. Do we know? July twenty fifth. That's in. We shot that in Munich, uh, so I think Germany dude. has the first premiere for Germany that. Germany gets first crack. Yeah, at Tarzan. Yeah, that's fantastic, dude. That's congratulations on everything that's that's happening with you. And seriously, one Sunday, come on down, watch games with us. Unplug, turn off your phone. Do you guys? Where do you guys watch it? Right, right here, right here. Me, I'm there. Dion, Mooch, Sap, Irvin, Marshall Falk. And the whole crew, we sit here and watch games. Unplug your phone. Well, we're neighbors, so I'm, I'm right Come down on the down. street. I would love to. Come on down and, and bring whoever you want. You know, um, what, what's, what's Jane's name? What's her name? Spencer. Again? Bring her. Bring, <laughs> bring her. Bring her. Bring, obviously, you know, just for the demographic purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, bring them all in here, and, and we'll get that thing done. All the females from Twilight. I'll bring yeah. Ashley Green, who's a big football fan as well. Say that again, please. Are you serious? Is she a big football? She fan? is. Her best friend Katie loves Green Bay. She loves Green Bay. She's like, there's, there's that one commercial with a girl. Uh, yes, on her phone. On her phone, and then like, and like she's and in different places online at at, at a supermarket. Yeah, and stuff exactly. Like that. Uh-huh. Reminds me just of Katie. Like Katie okay. is obsessed with football, and she got Ashley, and I tried to hook Ashley. Uh-huh. So now Ashley's hooked on football as she well. Is. And, 
So well, she, she's the one to... I connect the most with when we're shooting Twilight. Well, it, it, you know, many uh, many of us connect with Ashley Green in one way or another. <laughs> and um, if we want to, and by we, the royal we is what I'm talking about right, right now. Because yeah. I'm, you know, you're out of this equation, bro. Uh, if we want to foster her love of the National Football League, what better place than, than here. right here? Right here. Right here at the National Football League Network where – all sorts of interesting football things could be at her disposal. You open her mind and get her uh, more into the game. What do you think? But she will only wear bikinis when she watches football. So I, well, I then, mean, I hope that's not a problem. No, that's well then, no. What that means? Okay. We'll just we'll send a car for her. Is what that means? Perfect. You know what Perfect. I mean? We'll send a car, um, and by a car, uh, mean one driven by me, um, in five minutes. Can we arrange for that? Uh, yeah, it, she's still stuck in New York. She missed the whole press junket. Did she's she really? There. No kidding. Ashley, I love you. Don't kill me. No, no. Well, does that mean she downloads the podcast? <laughs> she'll she'll well, be, she'll be great. Okay. She'll, yeah, she's there. So she's a green – Ashley Green is 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 now a Green Bay fan because her friend is? Or no, she's just no. essentially just getting more and more she interested in the sport? She, she's from Florida. So Oh, well, um, I mean that's that's a rite of passage then basically. If you're from Florida, you got to love football. Yeah, I'm and just trying the, to think okay. who her team is. Um, well, we'll find that out again. No, that's we'll, just a, we'll it's, that it's again. It's 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 a fact finding mission, as well. Mm-hmm. Can we make this happen? Let's do for that. Sure. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do that. Uh, one last thing for you. I want to talk about the Saint Bernard Project before I let you go, uh, because this is uh, this is neat stuff. It's a charity work that you do in New Orleans, uh, still rebuilding homes for victims of Hurricane Katrina, yeah. which is sort of mind blowing. That uh, here we are now, six years removed. From that natural disaster, and people are still rebuilding homes down there. Tell us about what uh, what you're doing with that with that well, charity. When I worked down there, I mean, it's kind of great. I I was down there mm-hmm. probably three or four years ago, and I educated myself. I love charities. You know, I had of a course. lot of people helping me out in my family when I grew up. But then being able to give back, I don't know. I just you know karma or pay it forward, whatever you want to call it. Um, but when I was down there, I just educated myself because I. When you watch what happened with Katrina on the TV, it doesn't really set in as much as actually witnessing it and mm-hmm. being there and, and meeting meeting some people who who were affected by it. there's so many communities and there's so so much help needed still. So um, you know, I go down there as much as I can. I loved working on this last Breaking Dawn movie because we spent half the time in Baton Rouge. So I would drive down every weekend and, and bring some of the castmates down there. And it's okay. great. That's the only reason I got on Twitter or anything like that. Was for the charity outreach. You just you know spread the awareness with 140 characters, and a lot of people would come down. You tweet something, they'll come down and, and help you build a house. Mm-hmm. And if I can't get around, I'll donate my time or money or, and uh, just spread the awareness, which is it's, it's great. You know, help out wherever you can in whatever city you're in. Just find somewhere to help out. Good for you. And uh, the Super Bowl is going to be in New Orleans this yeah, year. Yeah, baby. Uh, maybe. Maybe, although four and five is not really cutting it right now. I'd say your Cardinals would be there, but um, you, know, you never say never. You never know. You who do- um, Who's leading the division right now? Is well, it- it's San Francisco is leading your division. Oh, okay. They just, yeah. they just handed you, what they, as they say in the business, your lunch uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yes, they did. But you do never know. You do never know. As 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 the sneaky sneaks are pointing out <laughs> this very week in fantasy with very little uh, uh, traction from everybody except Mikel Ashore uh, on your team. So 
Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, come on, come on down to the Super Bowl if you're down there. Yeah, I'm going. I've been going to the Super Bowl for the last couple of years. Oh, so you'll be there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, me, you, and Ashley will hang out for sure. Um, and just one last thing for all those chemical engineers out there who want to get into acting. What's your <laughs> What's your secret of success, Callum, being a chemical engineer? Well, this business is full of formulas. So if you Nicely connect uh, bonding. all the bonding, it's, bonding. it's all about the bonding and yes. the chemical reactions. Yes. Of, of... And magnesium, right? <laughs> no, because that smells. That the, smells is that what it is? quite bad. No so kidding. I probably shouldn't use that. Um, I but say, I but a lot of gold and silver goes a long there way. There you go. I like Maybe it. a little diamond and you know carbon carbon that up i love it good job man uh kellen thanks again for coming on i really appreciate it good luck with breaking dawn coming out again part two uh of breaking dawn coming out on november 16th next july we'll look for the tarzan movie Mm. for sure and you're welcome here anytime seriously very much you got it good to see you you got it follow this man on twitter at kellen lutz you just heard about what he's talking about on twitter and uh thanks for being on the program kellen lutz here on the rich eisen podcast all right kellen lutz everybody i learned a lot Running Camelback Mountain with his and his mom is his praying mom? for the praying team. That was incredible. And he's a former chemical engineer that's now Tarzan. And I love to hear And Ashley Green is going to bring her in. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. Uh, I got to get up to speed on Ashley Green. Dude, apparently. you're the only human take, being. Take two seconds and look her up, please, right now. All right, hold, yeah. All right. Okay. Check it out. I mean, please. I mean, wow. Like, like you said, Rich, uh, you're not on anybody's team. I'm not, a, no, no, I'm not a team. Like, I'm, t- I'm smart enough to know I should be Team Ashley. But we're Team Ashley. Have you? I'm on Team Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in lockstep. The official team so of she, the Rich Eisen yeah. podcast is Team Ashley. Yeah, I know we're service, sort of we're bikini, sort of all, all we're I'm sort good. of all booked up on the celebrity front for our Thanksgiving special. Oh, it's come together nicely. But we could we could find a space for Ashley Green I if think, she I, so chooses I, to I come th- on and talk I football. Think we could make it work. I think we could make that work. Yes, maybe she she can. Uh, that's where we sit in with Brockman and I on the producer side. Yeah, that's right. We'll make that work. Absolutely. And that's how we and that's how we we come Close full circle to our uh, our our housekeeping items. Uh, yes, yes. The Thanksgiving special is going to be Friday night, ten Eastern time, NFL Network of Thanksgiving weekend. Yes, sir. Um, right now, the guests who are scheduled to appear, as they say in the business, they have said yes. They are booked. It is happening. Yes. Uh, Bradley Cooper and Chris Tucker together. They're in the they're in the new film that you guys are going to Silver Lining Playbook. Yeah. Yes, they're coming. Uh, you guys are going to go see that movie. Yeah, we're going. Uh, I think Thursday screening? night. Yeah, Thursday night. Brockman and I are going to head out. All right, and see that. great. Perks uh, of the job. Also stars Bob De Niro, so it should be. Yeah, great. His friends call him Bob. You know, now Bob, that you've seen Midnight Run, you feel free to call right, him Bob De Niro. Bob. Which it was a great Joey Pants in that movie. Dude, was good. Joey oh, Pants that. in that movie. His hair is incredible. Moscone Bell Bonds. It, it was. It was good. It was. I really the enjoyed Duke. it. I, Charles Grodin was awesome. The Duke. awesome. The Duke. He was really good. Because Bob De Niro was Robert De Niro. He was, you know, he plays that tough guy. But you, but but you know, but was, I mean, in terms of, he, but Robert De Niro was funny. Oh, yeah, he was. He was, he was hilarious. In that he movie. But when I think Charles Grodin, Rich, and this is going to date me probably, too, I, mm-hmm. I think Beethoven. Beethoven. I think the dad no, from Beethoven. That's right. No, I know. Well, he's, he's played the similar character no for much of his career. Yeah, so to see but him in playing, that role. But playing the Duke is one of the all-time greats. And uh, what's uh, the... Dorfler, Marvin Dorfler, yep. from all the Beverly Hills Cops movies. He's the guy movies. Yes. Okay. He's great. Dennis Genius. Farina. Dennis Farina. I love him. Snatch. He kills it. Dennis Farina in McCarran Airport. Did you you got the discs or did you lose that like you lost your job? Uh, I can't. I like, the rest of his lines, I cannot repeat. No, 
I like the but scene. But Dennis Farina in that film. When uh, when Grodin. And Yafit Koto is Alonzo Mosley SBI. Alonzo Mosley, yeah. Uh, Brockman, you told me something interesting you read about that. Like he was sick during the whole film. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I like reading all the IMDb trivia sure. for all these movies. Apparently, Yafit Koto was sick during, like, really ill during mm-hmm. the whole filming of the movie. And so all of his scenes were mostly just one take, two takes, and done. Oh, so he, he does have him. time. He does have time to cut up the Kellen Lutz for the for the blog if okay. he's reading trivia questions on IMDb. Oh, I've got lots of time. <laughs> he's lots of time. But that's one of my favorite lines that I use. I've been using it for years on SportsCenter and years on 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 the, the accountant network. No, not, oh. not 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 if I said your account. Not if I said your account. No, the, the the line that Robert De Niro says at the end when well, I don't want to give away too much. But the, the movie the, came out in 1980. Well, I mean, there are some idiots like idiot. you haven't seen it, yeah, and yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. So we're idiots now. What? Yes, you are. <laughs> yes. You are. Is that um, you know that they finds out how much money the Duke has? Uh, how much is it in the neighborhood? Oh, yeah. About you know three hundred fifty thousand. That's a pretty respectable neighborhood. Pretty. So anytime <laughs> we always show stats of yeah, somebody yeah. where they are now in the grand scheme of things all time, I mean, it's a pretty respectable, pretty respectable, a, yeah. a pretty respectable neighborhood. Nice. Uh, I particularly you know? like now, the thousand dollar bills. Yeah, yeah looks like I'm walking. I yeah. did now great also watch movie. a fish called Wanda, which I, I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was great, and Kevin Klein was great, but Oscar Oscar worthy. Wow. You bet, man. Didn't see it yet. I didn't. I, you bet, John Cleese. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Palin, and um, Kevin Klein. Is Michael Palin the guy that plays the uh, stutter? Stop right there. Yeah. Just stop. Stop? (laughs) Stop. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Just stop. Okay. It was just stop. It was great. Does that mean? Does that mean I need to have you you go see Monty Python's Flying Circus videos now? Does that what? That oh, means? I've never so seen any Monty Python uh, movies. Uh, I'm not. Right, let's let, we're, we're stopping. All right. This conversation ends now. Have you not seen Monty Python? I've never seen any let of them. Let me tell you actually. something. Let me tell you guys something. You I am gonna. A, get, let me tell t- you something. Sorry. Know your history. Know your history. So much of this stuff that you guys talk about, what makes you laugh, what's so funny, sitcoms, movies, derivative. Monty Python? Derivative. Of Monty Python? Monty Python. Yeah, I've seen it. It was a long time ago. Yes, non sequitur humor, silly, insane, off-the-wall humor, highbrow intelligent humor, shows that bounce off walls. No. Sorry. Stop. You should. Yeah, I hope you edit that out. Is it Mel <laughs> Brooks? Even I know it's not Mel Brooks. Dude. I thought he had something to do with it. No, they're Brits. They're Brits. It's from the UK. And you, I mean, the, our international listeners just started driving on the other side of the road. <laughs> they didn't drive off the road. They're so angry they're I, driving on the other side of the road. I was thinking History of the World Part <laughs> 1, which is a great, a great movie. <laughs> I got nothing to say. You shouldn't. Oh, boy. You're only going to dig yourself a hole deeper. Go watch A Fish Called Wanda. Okay? I'll get on that this week when I'm not good. editing Kellen Lutz good. for Rich Bob De Niro. So at any rate, uh, Bob De Niro is, is in, uh, is in um, Silver Lining. What day playbook. is that? Sorry, I just veered us for like five minutes. No, it's there, okay. Bob no, no. De Bob De Niro, Robert De Niro. Uh, so, but uh, um, from that film, Chris Tucker, right? Chris Tucker and Bradley Cooper in studio together. together. Yes, they're booked. They're booked. Yes. They're coming in. Uh, that's one one segment. Um, Eric Stone Street mm-hmm. of Modern Family, the reigning two-time Emmy Award winner, Eric Stone Street. Can we get him to bring one? A monster. Kansas City Chiefs fan. 
You guys had a little tweet back. And, and when I say monster, well, he's a huge K State fan. He's yeah. from you know went there and yep. he's he's out of his mind every Saturday. He's tweeting, oh, going crazy about huge Chiefs fan. Colin he emailed me names of their draft busts at offensive line. <laughs> wow. That's when like, I talk to tell you about celebrities in this town who are into football, who like football, as you as you've heard on this show, some some fantasy players, some are are people who are who are into their. This guy is for real. I'd put him up against any face painter in Arrowhead. Nice. He's on this show. I'm willing to bet he's painted his face. We'll and ask gone him. To Arrowhead. We will ask him. And uh, I'm also excited about uh, Rayan Wilson. Yes. Of the Dwight office. Schrute. Dwight Schrute. Huge fantasy football player. He has said yes. We're just finding times for these guys. They're all booked for the Thanksgiving special. We'll put together time. some players as well. And we got ourselves a big one-hour TV show the Friday of Thanksgiving weekend on Can't NFL wait. Network. And Mr. Uh, Mr. Hank Azaria going to be great. Yes. Role. And... The return of Jim Brockmeyer, everybody. Jim everybody. I pulled a little uh, Jim Brockmeyer oh. on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Uh, it was whenever uh, you were doing the game show. We did the game show. Which... I did my. I, I try to mix Hank Azaria's Jim Brockmeyer with a little bit of the Bob Eubanks, <laughs> and I went a little bit off the hook. That was great. By the way, I won't get credit for this, but that was my idea mm. from the Thursday Night Pitch Meeting last year. Well, you know what? It's sort of like maybe uh, John Harbaugh stealing Billick's line. Sort of going full circle there, just showing how it all works. And if you guys do it again, though, you need to be able to read what they're writing. It was tough to read it on television. Uh, I know it was. But, uh, we we rehearsed it about an hour before, and it was a cluster <laughs> F <laughs> in rehearsal. It was. Let's just put it this way: rehearsal did not go. It didn't augur well for a good segment, and it and and it, it worked great. The best was the look on Dion's face when uh, when Irvin was trying to kiss. But he, no, but he was like he was like. Uh, Clay Matthews, defensive player of the year. Dion looked at him like, what? what? I know, like, but it was great. That was legit, legit. And, and Irvin started sweating bullets. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He wanted to win in when the worst over, way. He was dripping. He was dripping. Dripping. <laughs> dripping. It was hot out there in San Diego, but he really wanted to win. That was a fun segment. Yeah. That was a big-time fun segment. Yep. Let's put that on the blog. Yeah, that I can cut that and put it up on there. Let's put that on the it, blog. It, it, it'll be up there at the bottom of the blog below. Uh, the Kellen Lutz video, Kellen Lutz that, that, Brock, video that Brockman will work that won't get up until Tirelessly. a little, little later in the week. Hopefully after there's a potential we have a late week or midweek podcast with Matt Stafford this week. Yeah, let's hope. Still efforting that. Let's <laughs> Fingers let's crossed. Um, real quick before we go out the door as well, your Patriots return from the bye week, Brockman. Ah, uh, indeed. We got home Buffalo. for Buffalo. Home for Buffalo. Buffalo always gives us a tough time. How many but... wins do you think your team finishes up with? Because then you're, uh, home, you're home for Indianapolis. I mean, then you're at the Jets two. Thanksgiving night. I mean, that's three. Nice, and then you're then New England is where's New England? Uh, Hold on a minute, let's Patriots go through it. I'm enjoying is, this. Hold on okay, a minute, so wait, I'm enjoying this. You're eight and three. You're eight, eight and three. You're eight and three. three New England's at Miami. I say Miami gets us. All right, eight and four because you're you're humble. Eight and four. Then New England is home for Houston on that huge Monday night game that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Because if Houston wins that, they are they are in, in the great shape because they they own every tie break against right. any team that comes close to them except Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh, as it currently stands right now, let me get this particular stat for you because this is important. Can we get back to that? Because... Wait, wait, wait! I'm 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 a little bit all over the map, but I'll bring it full circle. Don't you worry. <laughs> I'm not worried. Pittsburgh right now is two and three in conference. Okay. Uh, Houston is seven and zero oh in conference. 
they're not going to Houston's not if Houston loses 3 games that'd be a shocker period right there that that's a big game for New England I want to see that's how a, a I want to see how Aqib Talib uh plays and meshes and improves the Do secondary. you win that though Probably or not 8 and 5 uh, then you're home for San Francisco the following week on Sunday Night Football. Uh, not Sunday gonna, Night Football has their lineup. Is well, I mean, not, and they're going to start flexing too. I'm going to say nuts. I'm going to start flexing. Too. I'm going to say not going to lose back to back home games. And San Francisco has the long flight. I'm going to say we win that one. Nine and five. Long flight. They're going to be sitting in their hotel room all day. Long flight. It's a long flight. The day before. Long flight. Day before. We'll see where San Francisco's the week before. They're home for Miami the week before. Uh, okay, so you can say nine and five. Nine and five. Then you're at Jacksonville. Ten and five. I won't even l- let make you say it. Um, and then home for Miami. Eleven and five. Eleven and five. That wins the division. I'm sure. call right I say, now, that, right I say now, that's fair. They lose that Miami game. No, but I already have them at losing home? at Miami. Yeah. So they get season swept by the Dolphins. Season swept by you're the Dolphins. Wow, no way. You're out of your here mind. First. Then let's do this now for you two, and then we'll wrap up this show. Uh, does Philadelphia win tonight? Absolutely. I think they do. Wow. Okay. So that I makes it Vic, at the Dome? I think Vic is going to have... This is great. This will be dated instantly, and it'll be great. <laughs> four and four. You've got them at four and four then. Yes. Uh, then uh, you, you got them beating Dallas next week? I have them beating Dallas the first week, losing to them. They Hold on a minute. That's twice. the first week. Yeah. I have them beating them. Yep. Boy, that puts Dallas three and six. Yep. Okay, trouble. five and four. Philadelphia is at Washington. At Washington, I think they're going to lose at Washington. Cam just won there easily, handily. I, I think though Bob will be back in. Washington's force. coming off a bye week too. Yep. Okay, so that'll be five and five. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid flat out on the griddle. By the way, he's got a real Andy Reid look right now from November. Got the November stash. I going. mean, we played basketball right on Saturday, Rich, and I I couldn't even pass him the ball without laughing. It was pretty. It was pretty solid. Uh, lastly, and then Carolina's at Philadelphia Week Twelve. Thanksgiving Week ends with a Monday night Cam Newton visit to Philly. That's six and five in your mind. That's six and five. That's okay, Week Thirteen, Philly at Dallas. You have you I losing think, that? I think that could be a loss. That, oh I mean, my goodness! That's the, six and six for Andy Reid, flat out on the griddle, cooking like a goose. Not but, cooked, but cooking like one. Week Fourteen, Philadelphia's home for the Chargers. Ooh. Actually, the, in, they, in, the in Buccaneers. The, in the dead man walking Don't they play the Bucs? Week 14? Going, no, they do not. December 9th, the Bucs. December 9th. Philadelphia-Tampa, that's correct. Philadelphia-Tampa. You got them winning that one? I got them winning it. I got my coach of the year pick. It could be in limbo on that Coming game. Up, uh, I don't know. Okay, so you got them winning that game. Seven and six. Then you've got uh, Philadelphia in week 15, Thursday night football. Beating the Bengals. Short week. I got them doing that too. So that's eight and six. Too. Yep. And then they then you've got favored RG three. Then you got home. Washington right. Where where did the San Diego game go? Uh, they don't play San Diego. They don't. Okay. All right. And then you've got okay. Then week sixteen is um, Washington Philly. They return the favor. That's nine and six. Nine and six. And then Philadelphia finishes up the season at the Giants. And that's going to be a win. Week seventeen. So you got Andy Reid at ten and six, potentially making the playoffs. Potentially eleven with, and six. winning four in a row. Or eleven and five. Yeah. To finish the season. Yes, no chance. They won, they won four in the row. In Nine a row last and seven. Year. Poll question. Which one do you think is more feasible? Brockman scenario, where the Patriots finish eleven and five, or Law, where the Eagles go eleven and five at eleven and five. No, you'll lose that ball. You'll get boat race. You'll get boat race. Ten and six. Ten and six. The boat race revolution is 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 out of control. And there's no question. There's no question. 
There's no question that we started it. There's no way. Two months ago. I mean, it it did exist. It did exist. But I had never heard of it before. Exactly. And we have been pounding the boat race table since. Correct. Yes, it's true. It is out of control. Two months ago, nowhere. Now it's everywhere. Tony Barnhart apparently dropped it on the CBS halftime. Well, Brinson, Kornheiser said it on PTI. Cowherd, it's out of control. Yeah, that, that's all us. You can trace. You can CSI that back to this. There's no doubt. Podcast, I agree. That doesn't sound like a favorable poll matchup for me. I don't know if I. Well, hey, look, you, you gotta be. You gotta, look, you gotta be objective. All right, ten and six though. I do no, feel but like it's true be 10 though. I mean, if uh, you uh, you ask anyone with a football pulse right now, it's more more possible that New England has eleven <laughs> wins or Andy <laughs> Reid has ten wins, and you're gonna lose look, nine times out of ten. Yeah, I feel bad. But we go are, ahead, put it up there. Well, no, Let's see. We, we are gonna pull. Maybe in about a week or so, we are gonna pull. Question our mustaches. Okay, that sounds good. I got a little more growth than uh, I am prepared to get boat raced in that. You're gonna. It's it's fine. I mean, shoot, you got team. Yeah, but he had a weak head start. I'm on team law. I'm on team law right there. You had a weak head start. My my wife's not on team law for this mustache. (laughs) Here's what I would like to do. Can you check the downloads to see if the Brits gave us a little uh, uptick, and then we will as as that as you check that out, um, give us your international shot out of the week. You got somebody? Uh, yeah, last week I was uh, coming home. You know how on Twitter you get a pop if uh, you get a new follower. Well, some of us do that because some of us have too many followers that it would, right. just, it would just be too. It would be okay. like spam in there. By the way, closing in on two thousand. <laughs> thanks for everybody for following along. Yes, I'm indeed. sure Law feels the same way. Yeah, he does. So I get Absolutely. a so I get a new follower and and the name looks very familiar and it's Chris underscore Brockman, and then shortly thereafter. No way. Yeah. So yeah. you gave up the underscore and I somebody hopped on it. Someone hopped on it immediately and started following me, and then I'd get a message immediately after from him, uh-huh. and he said, uh, now I have the underscore, and I'm hijacking it for an international yeah. shout-out. I got a Chris or underscore Chris Law underscore, and then a Topher Law following me. Too. So somebody yeah. took your old account. Yeah. Yes. And somebody took your old account. Indeed. And they're hijacking it. Maybe that'll help you get blue check marks. I mean, we can only hope. Rabid listeners, the the guy did actually tweet me too that the underscore in my name. Yeah, so uh, he's down in Australia and said he was hijacking (laughs) himself. So so Chris underscore Brockman, here's your international shout out of the week. Thanks, buddy. This has truly reached an insane (laughs) level that you get rid of the underscore and it becomes an international shout out of the week. That's how we roll. This has truly uh, gotten out of hand, and my what. Uh, one of my favorite tweets of the week was somebody, I guess, sitting in the Northeast with hardly any power was getting through their horrible day listening yeah, to our that. podcast. I yep. So I just want to give a shout out to everybody who, heaven forbid, still is in a similar situation that we are thinking of you. You should donate money to uh, redcross.org yep. um, or, or text 90999 yep. um, and, uh, and uh, text Red Cross to that number and it's a $10, $10 donation. donation. Yep. And uh, that's it. Chris Brockman, Chris Law, good to speak with you guys. Good to see you, Rich. Rich Eisen, presented by Chevy, is signing off from his podcast. Stay listening, friends.